10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits, cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. What a weekend for A-State football. A dominant performance in the victory over Texas State Saturday, 77-31, the final. Most points ever scored by a Sunbelt Conference team in a league game. Seven rushing touchdowns, three defensive touchdowns, and one special team score. Had that unbelievable stretch where there were 17 minutes of game time. 28 points were scored during that time without the offense ever taking a snap. Yeah, that's that may be the one right there. Because I, I thought the craziest one would be that you scored 77 points and didn't have a touchdown pass. But that, going 17 minutes, not putting your offense on the field and dominating the game in that stretch, that's... I can't imagine of. that's ever happened on any level of football before. <laughs> I don't I haven't seen it at all. I have never seen it. Who is that talking? Well, we're going to get to that. Most importantly... A-State's now 6-5, and and they're bowl eligible for the first time since 2019. And the person you hear talking is someone who scored four of those 11 touchdowns on Saturday. Redshirt sophomore running back from Fordyce, Arkansas, it's Jaquez Cross. How you doing, Jaquez? I'm good, I'm good. First, I want to say um, thank you to Guy and my coaches just for um, being in this position that I am right now. I'm just excited about where we can go and where we can take this thing. Jaquez, you had to be confident as a team going in. You'd been playing some good football, but I want you to be honest. Could you ever have imagined what happened on Saturday? No, nah, it, it felt so real. Just at one point, I just felt like I was in a movie. I felt like I, I couldn't do anything <laughs> wrong. But earlier in the week, I was joking around with some with some of the people I was on the phone with, some family members and stuff. And I just knew that their defense played like our defense, you know, downhill linebackers, aggressive linebackers. So from some fall camp, just practicing against um, our team so much and throughout the season, I know like that's a defense that I, I can I can take advantage of. So I was telling people during the week, I was like, I'm, I'm going to score five times this week. I was just talking, throwing it in the wind. I was like, I'm, I'm going to score five times. I can score five times. And just to, just to have four, it was like I had a lot of calls after the game. Like, you said you was going to do it. And I was like, yeah, it just it, it actually came to life. So it was just, it felt so real. Just to, I felt like I was back in Fordyce in a high school game. So. so before we talk about all the stuff you did on the field, let me ask you about this stretch we just talked about. You got out there, I guess, from a special teams, maybe, but yeah, that's crazy. 17 minutes, whereas an offense, you didn't get on the field. Did you even realize that at the time, the way things were rolling? Yeah, I was like, I, I was on the sideline, and I'm like, when was the last time we got on offense? It was like, I think the first, I think we had one drive in the third quarter, maybe. So that was almost it. Like, because you yeah. got the ball to start yeah, the third right. quarter, yeah. And that was it. Like We didn't, we didn't see offense anymore until, what, three minutes to go? in the fourth quarter a little, so. little bit more than that so that was big like defense defense came to play like we just fed, they fed off the momentum um, like like Coach Bush always talks about complimentary football was, was very huge in the game when the defense saw the offense we, we got a few scores was kind of trying to pull away and they just um, they stood on business in the, in, the, in the instance that Coach told them to lead the Sunbelt in turnovers the last couple weeks and they went on the field with that mindset that we got to get some, and they got they got a few of them. Well, they got four takeaways, and they took three of them back for scores. Right. And those three defensive touchdowns, most for an A-State team since at least 2000. Yes, sir. Probably going back a whole lot further than that. But I want to know about the celebration. Yeah. 
on the field right after the game, we saw Coach Jones get the Powerade bath. Right. We saw the bowling celebration, and I love that with yeah. him bowling the helmet and the whole team get getting knocked over. And then the scenes that have been put out on social media as far as the locker room celebration, just take me through your emotions through all of that. On the sideline with about like a few minutes left to go in the third quarter, I looked at Coach Jones and he, you know, he was still in coach mode. And I like, I pat him on the shoulder and I was like, it's, you can smile now, like have fun. And he just, you know, after that moment, I don't think he stopped smiling after that. So like, um, I feel like we put a complete game together on both sides of the football. So, you know, it was a, a lot of barriers broken, a lot of records broken. So it, it was it was just surreal to see like everybody's face, everybody facing the moment. You know, going to a bowl game, the whole team goes, not just a travel squad. So like just seeing those guys' faces and seeing the joy and like knowing that I had a, had a part in that, it was just big. And I got a uh, shout out to Miss Barb. She told Coach Butch this week that she questioned him about like why we hadn't had a kickoff or a punt return yet. So <laughs> to get that to get that this weekend, I'm glad I was able to do that for their family. They said that's something that they um they pride themselves on special teams in their family, which Coach Butch brings that to us to the facility. So it's just I was excited to be able to get that done. Well, you did get that done, and I'm going to go through some of the things you did. 139 rushing yards, three touchdowns on the ground. You had 15 yards receiving and then 166 kickoff return yards, including the 93-yard touchdown. That adds up to 320 all-purpose yards. That's the second most by an FBS player this season, the most for a Sunbelt player since 2017. When you hear 320 all-purpose yards, what goes through your mind? Video game. (laughs) But no, honestly, Coach Andy Cohen and our offensive line, they gave me great opportunity almost every snap. Great push up front, everything. Like on my on a lot of runs I had, it's not like I was making a lot of people miss. <laughs> I was just running. I was just picking seams and running, and those guys were blocking great. And even for my kickoff return team, I didn't get touched. I didn't have to make a move at all. I just had to. I just had to run. So like you know, I got the stats. The stats go to me, but I really give it to those guys because without them, I wouldn't be able to do anything. So I'm. I'm just thankful that those guys are. They want to block for me. They know that if I get the ball, that we have a chance to have a big play or, or go score. So just them believing in me like that, I believe in them to block for me, and it, we just we're starting to make it happen. You'd already had some pretty good returns before you took one to the house. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know where I'm sitting when the ball's in the air, we're already saying, why are they kicking it to it? Right. Are you thinking that when it's coming yeah. to you? You figured you'd, you'd gotten your last chance so, for well, that Like day? the five before, they'd kicked away from you. Right, so I'm right. sure there was a little so, bit of shock that they kicked it to you. First one of the game, I, I feel like some teams, if I was a coach, I would say he starts at running back for them. So we're going to kick him the ball. Make a big play and try to try to set, try to set the tone for the game. So I feel like that's what they tried to do off the the first kickoff of the game that we got when they went down and scored. But I returned it to the fifty yard line, so I was thinking, um, there's no way they're gonna kick me the ball again today. <laughs> so they kicked the rest of them away from. They kicked me three actually. They kicked me another one. I got about the thirty one. And then the last one, I'm thinking like, you know, I got three touchdowns already. I done had a big day. I'm thinking, no, no way. They just gonna kick it, kick it. We gonna <laughs> probably have to fair catch it. But the fact that they kicked it to me, I really got respect for them. They're probably not too smart on their side, but I, I gained a lot of respect for them because they kept kicking it, but was able to make them pay for it on that last one. All right, so I got, let me kind of lump two questions together here because yes, you, you talked about you went and told Coach Jones it was okay to smile. And it's been my experience with coaches in all sports that the very last person at a game who thinks a game is over is, is the, the coach. coach that's ahead. Right. 
Right. I think even the coach that's behind knows it's over before the coach that is right. ahead. So from your standpoint, at what point in all this craziness did you go, all right, we got this? Yeah, after the kickoff return, definitely. And I just feel like if we can score that much in a quarter, then anybody can. They have they have a great offense. So when they scored that last touch, when they scored that touchdown at the end of the third quarter, my mindset was, okay, you know, maybe they feel like they got some momentum and starting to flip for them. So once I returned the kickoff, I, I feel like that just took everything away from them. I feel like they were lifeless after that. So that's when I told Coach Jones, like, yeah, you can loosen up a little bit. Like, we, we okay, Coach. That kickoff return was the final play of the third yeah, quarter. Right. And that puts you over 60 points right, at yes, that sir. point. So you're thinking, hey, this fourth quarter is just going to be a, a <laughs> right. big celebration. Right. And the fact that um, then when Texas State got the ball, they were running the ball some. So I was like – Oh, well, the clock's still going to run. So, Coach, yeah. I think I think we in good shape, Coach. Told him to smile. He was, he was happy about that. So, yeah, that was, that was just big to see him smiling and, and, and in a great mood while the game was still going. And then in the midst of that, you, you told us before we started recording, your teammates, you had some teammates on the sidelines say, you're going to get a helmet sticker. Yeah, yes, sir. And you didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah, that's kind of, that's probably embarrassing. But as much <laughs> as I keep up with sports and I try to watch sports everything and all the time and everything, you know, I knew nothing about the helmet sticker. So I'm on the sideline. My teammates are coming up to me. They're like, forget some Bell Player of the Week, bro. You might get a sticker on ESPN. I'm like, what's a sticker? They was like, oh, they was like, Jalen got one early in the year. I was like, but I still don't know what it is. But they ended up telling me that. It's basically like the top six or seven performances in the nation that day. So I was like, oh, that's that's big. I was shocked about that. Well, the ESPN helmet sticker is a big deal. But we're going to be really transparent here. Mm-hmm. We're recording this podcast late on Monday morning. Yes, sir. And at 1 o'clock this afternoon, it will be announced that you, Jaquez Cross, are the first player in Sunbelt history to be named both the Offensive and Special Teams Player of the Week the same week. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> I, I, I knew nothing about that. I knew nothing about that at all. So with offense, I just want to shout out the offensive line and, and even our receivers. Like When I break through the line, they see it as a responsibility to go find another block. And on kickoff return, man, those guys are straining for six, seven, eight seconds just, just to try to get me in the end zone. So my hat's off to those guys, man. I appreciate them for everything. Without them, I wouldn't be able to do what I had did. And when I hear you say well, it's the first time in some but history, the thing that first thing it makes me want to tell you is that T.Y. Hilton didn't even do that. Yeah. And if that dude didn't do it, then it's tough. A lot of great guys. There was a guy for New Mexico State in the first year of the league, all the way back in 2001, that got defensive and special teams. Uh-huh. But that was 22 years ago. ago. Yeah. And nobody's ever been offensive and special teams. So that's, that's a blessing. That's a congratulations. Blessing. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Thank you guys for informing me that. Thank you. You know, it's uh, it's been quite a journey for you to get to this point. Yeah, yes, sir. You are a former Fordyce Red Bug. Now, you went to high school in Fordyce, but you didn't actually grow up there, right? No, no sir. Grew up, grew up about 20, 25 minutes down the road, um, small town, probably about 1,300 population, um, Hampton, Arkansas. Did, Basketball school. Yeah, kind of. They went to one state championship in 2016, but they ended up falling short. Yeah, pretty much basketball, small town. It's football-oriented, though. You know, it's small town, Arkansas, so... Yeah. Football game go crazy, even even if not winning. Like they just want to be around some football. So, yeah, that's actually where I grew up. Ended up moving to Fordyce. End of my sophomore year, going into my junior year, 
where I seen my life with football just take a big leap. Won two state championships there. Um, ended up getting offered to go play football at Purdue, which I took it. But yeah, I'm just I'm happy to be at Arkansas State. I'm happy to be home and being able to put on for the home state. Like I've told you a few times, just um showing little kids and stuff where I'm from that um it can be done. You can do whatever you put your mind to if you keep God first and and have and just be dedicated to what you want to do. Stuart Bobo rocks his the Quest Cross number two shirt. I, every time I see a little kid with the shirt on, man, I, I just, it just it brings my heart a lot of joy because I remember being young and having favorite players and people I wanted to be like, and just to, to be there for another kid in the community or growing up and just seeing them. And actually, like Malik Straker told me, like he was like, "Bro, you're one of those guys. Like after having a performance like that, you're one of those guys that little kids watch and they say like." I want my game to be like Jaquez Crosses. And like when he said that, it just made me, you know, brought me a lot of joy because I was like, I remember just watching TV and watching, you know, highlight films and YouTube films and on, on, on other football players. And I was like, man, I, I hope I'm in that position one day. So just, just being that role model and that, that bigger picture for smaller kids, man, it just, you know what I'm saying, brings me a lot of joy. I love to see it. You say role model, and I know, and you've admitted that you've had to grow up a lot yeah, in the yeah. last couple of years, even yes, you know from the time you arrived yes, at Arkansas State. How yes, have you grown as a person during this time? Just maturity, and um, just trying to take that next step and being a young man. Like I, like I also told you, I had a daughter, so yeah. like that was that was big. That's probably that probably was the biggest tell us her turn, name. turnaround I had in my life. Um, Brielle, Brielle, Naomi Cross. That's my daughter. Um, she turned one on December 6th. So, yeah, just, just having her, it was bigger than me now. I had a bigger responsibility in life. So, like, the way I attacked the offseason and everything, like, anytime I got tired, anytime I, I didn't want to go that extra step, it, I always thought about, like, the letdown, like, how I would feel, how defeated I would feel if I, didn't, if I wasn't able to give her a better life than I had growing up. So, but that was big, and I really feel like that's why I'm even here talking to you guys today because I mean, having her, it just, it just changed my whole thought process. And, you know, I went. I feel like I feel like I was kind of selfish before then, but after after having her, I realized that you know it's bigger than me. Got to do a little bit more. Got to put in more. I'm just, I just thank God. I, I feel like that's one of the best things that ever happened to me. Arkansas State fans kind of shifting gears here and and varying levels, but there's certain things that a lot of them really really like to have happen around here. Now, to me, I'm of the opinion that if you're winning, right? I mean that trumps everything. And if you're right. winning. Like, really, if you're winning enough, it doesn't matter if the players come from Neptune. If you're right. winning, people will get there. But it's an added bonus here when you can win and it be with Arkansas kids. You look at women's basketball, Izzy Higginbottom and Lauren Pendleton, now Winter Rogers, and they're coached by an Arkansas kid and Destiny Rogers. And men's basketball with with Avery Feltz and Freddie Hicks and Darian Ford and now even Zane Butler. And, they got, and then you guys specifically yeah. – in the running back room, for sure. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's, um, it's Arkansas all over the place. Seven rushing touchdowns the other night, yeah. and all seven from Arkansas kids. Yeah. Um, I can't speak enough about Cedric Hawkins, which is here, here with me today. Cedric Hawkins and Zach Wallace, I mean, those guys. It's just coming in every day, knowing, um, looking at each other, knowing, you know, we we about to go to work through the week, knowing we got to go to work to um, get what we want to get on Saturday. Just seeing those guys, like I say, we push each other. Like we, we, we try to make sure everybody we all know what's going on, when to do something and how to do it. And but we also competitive. Like I told Zach had two touchdowns in the first quarter. So I was like, Okay, I gotta do something. <laughs> I ended up getting a few in the in the third quarter and then, you know, coach coach told call he called Sid's number, so and he ended up getting him a few and now, you know, that just make us 
me like me and Zach just to see we mentoring him every day. We trying to make sure he got the ropes because he's gonna be a great player for us. And within these next four years, like he's gonna be a great player. So just me and Zach, like we 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 be overwhelmed with joy just seeing like in a few months ago he didn't know anything and now he's out here. You know he now he's out here scoring touchdowns and like he's a he's a part of why we are winning. He's a piece of why we are being successful right now. So just seeing him get into the end zone man, and seeing him being so happy like that just. It's just so real. And I noticed we were talking off the air. You know, and Zach is from Benton, and that's Central Arkansas. Right. And Central Arkansas guys are, are going to get seen. Yeah, right. And Northwest Arkansas guys, Lord knows, they're going to get seen. Definitely. But you said almost maybe I'm a little chip on the shoulder for yeah. South Arkansas kids to get, to get out and get onto this level. Definitely. You know, historically, to come from South Arkansas and be able to make it, play, play big-time football and then, you you was some freak of nature. You were like you know really big, really big, or just really fast, really strong, or something. But you know I wasn't that. I was five ten, five eleven, one sixty five coming out of high school trying to play running back. So it, it, it means more. It means more coming from the small towns, coming from the area in Arkansas that struggles the most to you know get kids recruited, to get kids seen. So like I say, just being from being from where I'm from and, and being able to show kids that it can be done is just a mindset and a determination. Just it just it's a great feeling. You're six and five. You've got one game left in the regular season. Mm-hmm. How important is it to finish the regular season with a winning record? We got to. Yeah, I don't want to be 500. We I feel like we we got to get this one. And we we don't have to come out and play because Marshall they have five wins. And they, they can make a bowl game with another victory. So we want to prevent them from doing that by winning. So hopefully we can go out and um, put on another uh, really good performance for the fans in the community and get number seven and look for eight with with the bowl game. Look, I know we had senior day this past Saturday and there were 11 seniors honored and those guys are a big part of the team. Yes, but when you look at this core right now, you Young. know, Cedric, Jalen, and how young you guys are. Yeah. How much are you looking forward to these next couple of years? I'll just put it out there. After this season, I'm thinking, with us coming back the next couple of years, I feel like we should get a conference championship. That's what my eyes on, because I, I see the direction we're moving in. I see how much work we're putting in, and now we know how to win and what it takes to win. So my hopes for the next couple of years is that we are either conference championships or you know we have a chance going in the end of every year to, to be conference champs. So having Jalen Rayner is big. I mean, I've never seen a kid that young come in and dominate the way he does. Like the other day, he didn't have a passing touchdown, but like 14 for 17, mm-hmm. um, 196, 198. Like yeah, nobody's talking about Jalen's nobody, performance, but and, he was 14 <laughs> of 17 and played a, played an incredible game. Like he's so poised. I don't think I've ever seen a, a young kid, especially playing a quarterback position, so poised and so calm. And we rally around him. He's our leader, even though he's young. He's our leader, and, and he steps up to the plate every every game. And he makes us look good sometimes. Like he breaking tackles in the backfield. He's scrambling for yards. He's extending plays. Like a catch I had the other day. He extended that play so well. It's just different. Like he's different. I love I love having a quarterback like him beside me. Each day he's always encouraging, making sure everybody is ready to go. So. I love the kid. And I know you love your coaches, too. Coach yeah, Lovings and Coach yeah, definitely, Jones. Definitely, yes, what sir. have they meant to you? I feel like Coach Lovings had something to do with like helping me become, shaping me into a young man, too. Coming in, he was, he was, just, he was just really hard on me. And he was pushing me because he seen, he seen my ability and, and, and how smart I was, and he just wanted to make sure that I got the best out of it. So, you know, to this day, you know, he, he's still pushing me. I really felt like he stepped in and was more like a father figure. Like, you know, I've ne- I never really got nervous 
talking to a man like when I know I did something wrong or something and like, like that's kind of the feeling I give with Coach Loving because I know the expectancy he has for me and also Coach Butch you know um, after the game I just text him and say I love you and I, I thank you for the opportunity that you gave me to um, come here and play football and he was just like I love you too and just I, I thank you for being here so just like I'm ready for meetings today I'm ready to get into the team meeting today and just hear what Coach Jones had to say I'm ready to get in position meetings and just hear Coach Loving because I just know how, how happy and excited those guys are like it was a lot of goals that we that we had put that we had had at the beginning of the season, like what we wanted to accomplish, and a, a lot of things we are accomplishing. And I'm just I'm just happy. I'm just excited to be a part of that, and, and excited to see where we can take Arkansas State football, the program, the end of this year and the next couple of years. Jaquez, congratulations, man! It's been a fun ride so far. You yes, still sir. got two more games to play this year, though. right? Right. Yes, sir. Two more games and two more seasons with the Real Wolves. So a lot to come. I feel. I like it. That's Jaquez Cross joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We've got more to come right after this. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. This is Coach Butch Jones, and we need you to help our A-State athletic programs by donating to the Impact Club. This is an organization that is making a real difference in the lives of our student-athletes. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access that you will not find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at impactclub.com. That's impact spelled I-M-P-A-C-K-T club.com. Your support is greatly appreciated and is helping our program right now wolves up we mentioned when we were talking with jaquez that we had another a-state running back in studio and we did want to talk to cedric hawkins for a couple of minutes here your first two touchdowns of yes sir your young career came in the texas state win the other day how good did it feel getting in the end zone uh, it felt great uh, overall. It was just a great feeling, um, and I want to thank God. I want to thank my teammates. I want to thank the old line for real, because uh, like Jaquez said, basically we were just running, and they were just you know just uh, creating a whole bunch of holes, and just it just made our job easy for the most part. But overall, it was just a great feeling, and just seeing my teammates, you know, they were proud of me, and my family was there as well. So overall, it was just a great feeling. I can't really describe it. Now we, we talked a little bit, but we didn't sort of get your point of view on one of those touchdown runs because. Yeah. It looks like you just ran into a pile of humanity down inside the five-yard line. They were just waiting for a whistle to blow that your progress has stopped. And next thing, you come out of that and into the end zone. Like, what are you seeing? How did you do that? I remember on the run, I think it was a it was inside zone, and I remember they were going to bring a, a blitz in the red zone. It was uh, called Saw. That's what we went over all week. Really, I was, feeling, I was supposed to press uh, another part of the run, but it was already – clogged up so I just kind of cut it back and I got hit but when I got hit I kind of still felt myself up and I saw the red in the end zone and I think it was Bear who kind of gave me a little push and kept me up and the rest was history and when I got in there, uh, the end zone I just I was like dang I'm here so <laughs> I was like yeah I was like you feel me <laughs> you got there and then yeah. you got there again a couple of minutes later yes sir yes sir Stuttgart Ricebird and yes, a Fordyce Redbug yeah. on the same team 
combining for six touchdowns and a win at A-State. How does that feel? How cool is that to, feel great. to be able to say? It feel great, you know, um, just overall. And, you know, it's a blessing because kind of like uh, Jaquez said, um, you know, it's just a lot of kids that look up to us, you know, from back that way. And uh, I know for sure personally from where I'm from, you know, I got a lot of eyes on me. And even when, you know, it wasn't a lot going on, you know, I wasn't playing for real. You know, I still had a lot of eyes on me and I had a lot of people believing in me. So kind of finally just um, putting out in a sense – and knowing that they're proud of me and, you know, the Lord allowed me to use my platform and, you know, and just perform, you know, overall, it's just a great feeling that I can't really describe. And just um, being on a team, we from a small town, you know, we kind of joke about that all the time because, you know, a lot of we got a lot of people that's from the city. Just kind of just, you know, just putting on for the small towns that we from. It's a great feeling. Long time ago now, we had a Stuttgart Rice Bird show up here. Really kind of come as an undersized mm-hmm. walk-on lineman. You know who we're talking Warren about? O'Neal then gets moved to fullback, and by Tarn the time O'Neal. his career is over, he's a fourth-round draft pick. Yeah, so. that's crazy. Oren O'Neal, yeah. You chase after that and be the best rice bird to play at A-State, then you'll have a heck of a career. Yes, sir. Well, Cedric, we're going to get you back at one point and have a much longer visit with you, but mm-hmm. you were in studio. We had to talk to you, man, <laughs> and congratulate you on your first two touchdowns of your career. I thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. That's Cedric Hawkins joining us here in studio. Again, A-State winning at 77-31 over Texas State on Saturday. Just uh, a day that those seniors are never going to forget. Anybody that was there right. will never forget. So, that said, let's take a listen back to everything that happened on an unforgettable senior day. 58 degrees and nothing but sunshine on a gorgeous Saturday afternoon for senior day as the Red Wolves take on the Bobcats of Texas State. Jaquez Cross returns it from the three out across the 20, 25, 30. Jaquez across the 40, cuts back inside, all the way up to the 50-yard line. Jaquez Cross with a 47-yard return. A-State facing a fourth and one from the Texas State 41-yard line. Empty set here for the Red Wolves. Now they bring in Tyler Little to an H-back position on the right. Zach Wallace motions in, becomes a running back standing to the right of Jalen Rainer. They give it to Zach. He's got the first down and more. Inside the 30, cuts right, 25-20. Zach inside the 10, and he's in for the score. On fourth and one, Zach Wallace goes 41 yards to the house. 45 seconds to go, second quarter. Third and 11 for Texas State from the A-State 40-yard line. Four wide trips left. Finley under pressure, and T.J. Finley will be brought down from behind. It's Nate Marty, the defensive tackle, making the play at the 42-yard line. Rainer going deep left side, looking for Rucker. It's caught. Corey Rucker makes the catch, and he goes out of bounds at the 37-yard line of Texas State. Third and six from the nine-yard line. It's Ely and Foreman split out to the left. Adam Jones to the right. Zach Wallace back in the ballgame at running back. Stands to the right of Jalen Rayner. Jalen claps his hands for it. Give it to Zach up the middle. Inside the five, fighting for the goal line. Gets a push, and he's in. Touchdown, Zach Wallace. His second of the day. Handed off to cross up the middle. 40, 35, 30. Jaquez inside the 20, 10. He's outrunning everybody, and he takes it to the house. Touchdown, Jaquez Cross from 42 yards out, and the Red Wolves take the lead back with 9-13 remaining in the second quarter. Finley 
Pitches it out left side. It's fumbled, and A-State will fall on top of it at the 15-yard line. A-State begins in the red zone here. Give it to Cross, running right, 10-5. Traquez Cross into the end zone. His second touchdown of the first half, and the Red Wolves go up two scores with 4-0-1 remaining in the second quarter. Second and 10 for Texas State at the A-State 48-yard line. Trip receiver split out to the right. There's a four-man front for that A-State defense. Finley claps his hands for it. 6'7", 255-pound quarterback is brought down. Charwillicus coming in to make the play. Three receivers, twins left. Rucker to the right, cross in the backfield with Rayner. They give it to Cross, running right. Cross the 45-50. Cross cuts back inside. 40, 30, 20. Jaquez Cross with his third touchdown of the first half. From 57 yards out. Tumby is an H-back on the right. Rainer will hand it off here. Straight up the gut. Still moving his legs. Fighting for the end zone. And getting in for the score is Cedric Hawkins. The true freshman out of Stuttgart refusing to go down. Rainer going deep right side looking for Jackson. Jackson dives and he makes the catch. What a grab by Courtney Jackson at the 8-yard line. A gain of 43, Rayner to Courtney Jackson. Second and goal from the six, ball on the left hash. Ely and Foreman split out to the right, handed off to Hawkins, running left, he's in. Cedric Hawkins with his second touchdown of the night. Finley will keep it again inside the 15. He's brought down from behind. It was a forced fumble by Gathers. Picked up by Thomas, Travion Thomas with the scoop. And the score, he takes it all the way to the house. Cross will return it from the 7. Out across the 15, 20, 25, 30. Jaquez across the 40, across the 50. He's going to take it to the house. And that's why you don't kick him the ball. Jaquez Cross with A-State's first kickoff return of the season. It's his fourth touchdown of the night. And A-State has topped the 60-point mark as time expires in the third quarter. Throw it out right side. It's intercepted. Malik Straker is going to take this one back all the way to the house. It's the second defensive touchdown of the night. The pick six by Malik Straker. Thrown out right side. It's intercepted. And this one returned across the 30, 25, 20, 10, 5, and into the end zone. It's Dane Motley with a pick six. It's the third defensive touchdown of the game for the Red Wolves. Daly will drop to his left knee, hand the ball to the official, and that will do it. The Powerade bucket is dumped on Butch Jones. A-State with a dominant performance on senior night. They score their most points ever against a Sunbelt Conference opponent. And the Red Wolves wrap up a bowl bid for the first time since 2019. Our final score from Centennial Bank Stadium, A-State 77, Texas State 31. Your first home is like this dream. The day you walk in, the sun seems to shine more brightly. The ceilings, they just seem taller. And you'll never fix that creaky floorboard because it sounds like comfort. What a hug would sound like if it made a sound. And that's when you realize you're home. Really, really home. Realize your dream with a home loan from Simmons Bank. 
dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Red Wolf fans, this is Demario Davis, proud Red Wolf and linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm asking you to help out our current A-State student athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This organization helps our program stay competitive and supports our players by facilitating NIL agreements that allow them to endorse local charities, make a monthly commitment, and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access you won't find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at impactclub.com. Thank you, and Wolves up. Talked a lot about football, but plenty of hoops going on this past week. Congratulations to Brian Hodson picking up his first career win last Tuesday at home over Alcorn State. That was a fun one. 28 assists for the Red Wolves in that game. They hit 19 threes, which was A-State's most ever against a Division I opponent. And a lot of things to take out of that. We saw the debut that night of Northeast Arkansas native, Green County Tech Okay, that's graduate. Say, come on. Let me get to it. I know you well enough by now. <laughs> But Zane Butler, 14 points in that game, and he hit four threes, but I think he showed people that he's not just an offensive guy. He's tough on both ends of the floor. And it's not your uh, – they got a couple of cases where, you know, it's not your everyday run-of-the-mill walk-on. I mean, this is a guy that played Division One basketball and yeah. had the opportunity to still play at places on scholarship and basically decided more or less, I mean, he decided he was going to end up at Arkansas State as a basketball player or just a student. It's not your run-of-the-mill everyday walk-on here. I want to get him in on the podcast at some point. I think he'd be a good visit. Work for his dad over the summer for his dad's roofing, roofing company. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate anybody who – does that especially a, a college athlete spending their summer working in that line yeah. of work and it would be good to get him in here up to his dad uh to be honest with you is one of the best high school athletes i ever covered just an absolute stud and so really the apple didn't fall far from the tree there yeah and that was a pretty good alcorn team too i mean they they had won their league each of the last two years in the regular season and then they went in two nights after we played them and took uab down to the wire Probably should have won that game, but that was a good win on Tuesday. And then we went to Iowa on Friday and played right with them. A good part of that game lost 88 to 74, but a lot of good takeaways in that one. Outboarded them by five, had 16 offensive rebounds. I think <laughs> I texted you afterward and. Tell them what you texted me. Well, you know me by it, it, now. Actually, I mean, I, it wasn't even, I don't even think it was after. I think you sent me the first text during the game. Yeah, I think it was around halftime. I sent you a text. And and you said. You might get ejected a, yeah, if a, you were calling this game. <laughs> and I'm not one. I think our fans know, you know, I, I'm not one to get on the officials. And I really wasn't during the broadcast. What I did say a lot was the free throw discrepancy. Coach Hodson had a good case most of the time. He was saying something to the officials. But when there's a free throw discrepancy of 46 to 17 in a game like that where you're getting paid to go there, Mm -hmm. then usually there's something behind it. And unfortunately, got some bad breaks in that game. I thought Freddie Hicks for a good part of that game, was probably the best player on the floor. He had 21 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, ended up fouling out. Caleb Fields had never fouled out of a game in his life. He fouled out, played just 18 and a half minutes, had 14 points during that span. And then we had three other players with four fouls in that game. Really proud of the effort. They played really, really hard against a, a good 
Iowa team. And now they'll go to Palm Springs this weekend. They'll take on San Diego Friday at 930. And then either Hawaii or UT Rio Grande Valley Saturday. For old school fans, I'll tell you, it's either Hawaii or UT Pan America That's Saturday. Right. You're on the call for those. That's right. Because me being the great buddy I am sends you out to sunny California while I go to West Virginia <laughs> to call football. I'll take yeah. one for the team. <laughs> I know that's a tough one to send you on. Women's basketball losing at home to Arkansas Friday, 82-67. to 67. Had a great turnout. Yeah. Over 3,200 really fans. Yeah. I mean, that was a really nice crowd. And I think they get entertained fast, you know, up and down game. Interesting enough, it just sort of turned for the second straight game, gave up a, a run, a double-digit run late in the first half. It happened against Northern Illinois, but we were up to where Northern Illinois scored at the bucket to go up by two. But in this game, it was back and forth. I mean, I think there were – 11 lead changes up to a point where Arkansas went on a 10-0 run or something late in the first half and took a double-digit lead. And at that point, instead of coming out and playing even to start the second half, you're already in a hold and then end up kind of just being in that hole. Although it was 21 going into the fourth quarter and started the fourth quarter on a 13-2 run, got mm-hmm. it to 10, and forced Arkansas to call a timeout with plenty of time left. And they had the answer, and they've got a, a kid, a freshman, Talia Scott, who was McDonald's All-American last year, scored 29 in her first collegiate game, and topped that Friday night. Going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal player for them. Izzy Higginbottom, 27 points. She scored at least 20 in all three games so far this year. And as we record this, she is fourth nationally in scoring. Yeah. What I'm going to be interested to see with this team as it goes along is who's going to be the dependable second scoring option. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think anybody sort of grabbed that role by the throat just yet. And obviously there are some capable candidates. But who's going to fill the void? Who's going to go get some points if it's not where Izzy doesn't score 26? Because very few of anybody's going to do that every night. So I think that's one of the things Coach Des will look for, stopping runs, and then kind of, yeah, where can we go to get points if somebody's not going to let Izzy beat them? The women will be back in action coming up on Tuesday night at home. They'll host Hendricks. So a lot of home games still coming up for the women in non-conference play. Meanwhile, in cross-country, Rahel Bromel making her trip to Charlottesville, Virginia this past weekend. She wrapped up her season. What a season it was for the freshman competing at the national meet. She finished 203rd. But, and again, that's right after she finished 5th at regionals the weekend yeah. before. Real bright future there. I mean, I, you just you run out of kind of ways to describe it. They just keep producing. They recruit well. They develop unbelievably. That thing just keeps churning over there in that track complex. Volleyball, their season came to an end last week. Beat Georgia State in the first round of the Sun Belt Tournament in Foley, Alabama. Beat them in four sets. And then lost a real tight match against Georgia Southern on Thursday in four sets. But Brian Gerwig, after going 9-22 and 22 in year one with the program, big improvement in year two. They go 16-14, and 14, and this is still a very young team, and they're definitely trending yeah. in the right direction. And that's a big jump, and I guarantee you he's 
steaming mad about that being the number you know just knowing him that he thought that would even be even higher still and but they are they only had four upperclassmen on the roster period so they are young they keep that team together it's just going to keep getting back to you know where he's accustomed or we're accustomed to state volleyball being football at marshall coming up on saturday kickoff at 2 30 our coverage begins at 12.30 on the network. And, look, a, a lot of things on the line for both teams here. A-State, and we talked about it with Jaquez, how important it is to wrap up the regular season with a winning record. It mm-hmm. means a lot to them. Obviously, even if you still lose Saturday, you can pick up a win in the bowl game and have a winning year. But, but you also bring – They want to clinch you, it yeah, here. Yeah. If you don't win Saturday, you also bring finishing under 500 into play. You feel too good about this season to – have it end at six and seven. So uh, getting to to seven, it'd just be really, really big. It would, but Marshall's going to bring everything they've got because they're trying to become bowl eligible. They're sitting at five and six. Yeah, so I mean, a big game for them yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to take on a team playing for their life. That's what our team, I'm sure, we hear all day, every day this week. Is you're playing against a team on its home field, playing for its season. I do want to mention a couple of more football things before you wrap things up here. I thought the crowd Saturday was fantastic. They were so into the game, big part of the game, and how could you not be entertained? And I even mentioned a couple of times the Arkansas State Red Wolves chant starting up and just how loud it was. You heard it over the broadcast. And props to you, buddy, because there were a lot of close calls, and you showed those replays over and over and over again. And even the target, I'm interested to see if If any of those targeting calls get overturned, especially the one with Travion Thomas. It looked like he was leading with the shoulder, and I think we were all shocked in the booth that that was upheld. I'm with you. I thought of all the three, that was the one that wouldn't make it through the review. So I'm with you as to seeing whether that'll get held up. And I, hey, I, I also agree with the crowd. You know, I talked about it after the the game against Lafayette when everybody was complaining about the size of the crowd. I said on here that size crowd right there is is almost sometimes my favorite because you're down to the people who are in it. And mm-hmm. Saturday, even though it was bigger than two weeks before that, you were down to you, the people who were in it. The people that came, uh, the 16,000 and change that were there, they were there to help us win that game and get bowl eligible. And they did it. Now, they got wildly entertained, but people complained early in the season about, well, we didn't even get to do the Arkansas State Red Wolves chant. Well, that's not really true. It's You didn't even start the Arkansas State Red Wolves chant, and they did it multiple times Saturday and I've got the good sense to hear it and say whatever else is supposed to be happening stop don't do it let this go and that's what we did two times you know yeah. at least twice that thing got going on its own and that's when it's the best is when it's organic so I think the crowd was great everything about Saturday was was great you know we followed one of the worst weather years ever with one of the absolute best six for six. Oh my gosh that'd be tough to ever top from I don't know how you do it no, it from was, a weather standpoint, it was perfect. I'll take the credit for that, and uh, yeah, we put As Purinton. We put Purinton in charge of that last year in his first year, and he stunk the joint up. So we took it away. <laughs> we took weather away from him. And, good call. Uh, my wife, I thank her. She came. We put her to work uh, helping with the, uh, the bobblehead distribution, yeah. and they got all those out. So glad people enjoyed those, and those turned out great. I, I, I looked at a few numbers before we came up here. Our average attendance this season was up right at 10% over last season. Great. And if you go back one more, just to 2021, the first post-COVID season, it's up. Uh, this year's attendance was up 49% 
from 2021. I believe so that. So a time and a half, you know, bigger. And I think it's going to get bigger still. Next time we're on the field, it's going to be against UCA. So make your plans now. Yeah, especially coming after a bowl season. And yep. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. As many people that are expected to come back next year, uh, yep. I think the future is looking very, very bright. Before we get out of here, uh, there's some neat things going on this weekend. Hopefully to goodness, you know, we get to number seven and Marshall kind of gets stuck on the outside looking in. No offense to them. That's just what needs to happen. If that were to happen, as long as we take care of our business, Sunbelt could end up with 10 bowl-eligible teams, not counting James Madison, which is just unbelievable. And there are a couple of five-win teams I have my eye on this weekend. One of them's an 11-point underdog at home. And that's Central Michigan that's trying to get to six wins, uh-huh. but they're hosting 10-1 and one Toledo. Okay. Another five-win team uh, I will be watching to see what happens Saturday is actually a seven-and-a-half-point favorite on the road trying to get to six, and that is Utah State. I see where you're going. There's some interesting tie-ins here. There'll be a couple of five-win teams I will be interested to see what happens with come Saturday. It's fun to speculate on bowls, though. It sure is. And listen, since 2019, since we've been able to. People ask, and and so I'm going to tell you, the the easiest answer to give you is that there is absolutely no telling. Because it's not like it was in 2019. In 2019, you knew what five games the Sun Belt was tied to. Well, now you know there's a tie-in in in New Orleans. You know there's a tie-in in Mobile. And then the rest of it comes from a list of about seven or eight games that the Sun Belt's supposed to get three. Well, we've already heard that the projections is that you know every bowl eligible team is going to have a spot. ESPN's pulling nearly every string here. Yeah. So there, to me, there's almost absolutely no telling oh, it's where you'll open. end up. We may not go to the Rose Bowl, but there's a lot of uh, options. I mean, it's out a there. whole lot because because ESPN it used to be. I don't even think like well, how many fans can you take to place X or Y matters as much anymore as ESPN is making television programming. So on Sunday, December third, yeah, after those the conference will, championship games, that will be when we kind of find yeah. out. And as you said, it was a lot of fun Saturday. Honestly, the whole. I mean, I, I wanted to win badly on friday night but i mean that was fun great crowd great entertaining ball game and then saturday was a lot of fun you know i put on a social media post late saturday night that you know my line of work you know if you're lucky a few times you get to be a part of a day or something that people will talk about for Mm -hmm. years to come and i'm pretty sure saturday was one of those yeah i'm not forgetting that one been a lot of fun thanks to well jaquez cross and cedric hawkins for coming in today we appreciate jerry scott for setting that up. For Brad, I'm Matt. Hope you have a great week and a very happy Thanksgiving.